following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good evening, everybody. Well, we're almost home mission tonight, but it's all right. You know why? Because Jesus shows up where two or three are gathered together. He shows up. I uh, had a, a precious young lady walk up to me tonight, and she's sitting right over here, and she said, Pastor, thanks for being here and having the church open tonight. And I said, we're going to have it open every time we get a chance because we believe that this is God's house. And, uh, and if you can't make it, we understand that. And the people at home, we appreciate the fact that you're going to watch us online. But you that showed up tonight, we're so honored that you're in the house and we're we're able to have church. You know, it's going to be bad tomorrow, and uh, I've never seen schools do what the schools have done. They went ahead and canceled before the weather got here. And so, that's kind of funny to me. It really is. Can we just, can we just kind of wait? What if there's a clearing tomorrow? What are we going to do then? Now, I don't think there will be a clearing tomorrow. I think the meteorologists about 20% know what they're talking about. <laughs> but, but, you know, at least they're the only people I know, the sports people on TV never admit that they made a mistake. They pick somebody to win a game and this, it's gonna happen this way and then that team does not win and they say, well, you know, something happened because they were supposed to win. They never admit, you know what, I'm wrong. I'm wrong because they can't admit they're wrong but I will tell you that uh, some people are wrong. And so I don't know where I got that from. I don't know what I'm doing here right now. <laughs> I'm just talking. But I, I'm so happy to be in church tonight. I really am. I really am. <laughs> hey. Hey, good to have Ricardo tonight. Ricardo and Jeanette are in the house. We love Pastor Ricardo and his sweet, sweet wife, Jeanette. And today is Jeanette's birthday. Jeanette, we honor you tonight, kid. And I want to give honor to my wife. Next week is our 40th anniversary. I love my sweet pea and these precious daughters and these grandkids. And I want to give honor to whom honor is due. She, she was the strength because I traveled a whole lot. And I'm so happy that she did such a great job. And I finally quit that job and moved on to something that I could be home with my kids. And so I'm happy to have my children in church. And I'm happy you're here tonight. I really, really am. Now, I want to, I want to share something with you. <clears throat> Produced our first podcast today. Produced our first podcast today. Didn't get to do it Monday. Uh, Sunday evening, I flew to South Carolina with uh, Pastor Josh uh, Goddard. They're, they're going to South Carolina, to Charleston, South Carolina, to bring in a church, to start a church, to, to start one up. And we went down to find property, and I think we found a beautiful place for them to have service and have church. All they need is a little money. <laughs> and if they get that together, they're gonna to have a place that's gonna attract people just because of its pure beauty. And I'm very proud for them, I'm very happy for them, and, and we hate the fact that they are going to go and do that, but you know what, that's what this church is about. We sent, we've sent about 28, 29 pastors out in our 32 years, and so this will be number 30 or whatever. We've lost count, but the bottom line is we want people to hear the gospel from this church and this setting because there's something happens in this church when we get together. There really is. There's something happens. 
And I feel very confident that the Goddards are going to be awesome in South Carolina. He's already asked me to come down and preach one of his first services. He won't have to ask me again because I fell in love with Charleston. It's a beautiful southern city, and I fell in love with it, and I'm talking too much. I need to start preaching. So anyhow, today, uh, Dr. Clint Phillips was on the podcast, and it's going to be played Monday, and so pass out the word. We're not ashamed of what was on that podcast. It's going to be something that will bless people all around the nation, and so send it out and say, you know, our pastor is starting a new podcast. It's called the Rex Johnson Podcast. We're not trying to connect it to the church because if it not, it's not good, we don't want the church to suffer, just me. <laughs> all right? We'll just stand all over the house. You're awesome people. We will we'll have communion at the end of service tonight. I will not be lengthy tonight, but I want to be full tonight. I want to be full of what I want to have in my heart to send to you. I'm speaking tonight on the enough touch. Everybody say, the enough, the enough. Touch. touch. Every now and then you need one of those enoughs. You need an enough touch. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes 11, send out your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will get it back. Amen. Amen. Mark 8, and he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and sought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes, wow, put his hands upon him, he asked if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Mm. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was, everybody say, restored. restored. And saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, neither go into the town. In other words, don't go back to Bethsaida or tell it to anyone in town. And there's a reason why. So I'm speaking tonight on the enough touch. Turn to somebody and say, I want that enough touch in my life and say, preach to us tonight, Pastor. You may be seated. For all those watching online, we welcome you. Thank you for joining us. So Jesus performs this tremendous miracle in Mark chapter eight. He takes a blind man out of the town of Bethsaida, away from his setting, away from his setting, a setting of doubt, a setting of disappointment, a setting of negativism, a setting of fear, and a setting of skepticism. The original meaning of the word Bethsaida is those words I just gave you. So he takes him out of that doubt, disappointment, negativism, fear, and he takes him to a place where he can minister to him. He had to get him out of something so he could talk to him about something. Then he does an uncanny thing. He spits on his eyes. Now, that's in the Bible, and, and that sounds ugly, but he did that. And he puts his hand on him, and then he asks if he saw anything. And the man looks up, and he says he sees men as trees walking. I want to thank, I'm not finished, so don't ring the bell yet. Thank God for the man's honesty. There's something great here that I want to share with you. There's something great. The man at one time evidently could see. The Bible says his vision was restored. It was restored. He brought the man back 
to his vision. He was with the Savior of all mankind, and he had been touched, but he was honest enough to say, not just quite yet. I love that honesty. And when the Lord hears this, he places his hands on him a second time, and the man's vision is restored completely. Now, I don't know how long it was between the first touch and the enough touch. The first touch was simply a test. Jesus tested the man. It was a get honest with me test. Tell me how and if you really see. Let me know. Because a lot of people, when God does something for them, they say, that's exactly what I wanted. But God knows that's not exactly what you needed. And so sometimes he gives you an honesty test. But Jesus never left his side until he saw clearly. I want to declare to this congregation that that healer that touched that man twice outside the city of Bethsaida is in this house tonight. He's in this house tonight. Jesus, in no uncertain terms, let the man know something important. And it was this, spittle to the Hebrew had two effects. One was of the cleansing kind. I think my mom understood that. She used to spit on her handkerchief and clean dirt off my face. I was clean, but Lord, it smelled like not me. There's no two breaths that are alike. And there's no two spittles that are alike. And mama would spit on that handkerchief and just clean my ears off and said, we're going to church and you've been running wild and sweating. I got to clean you up. And so one was the cleansing kind. The other had a medicinal effect. Spittle was thought to bring a certain antibacterial aid to people. It was an old wives tale perhaps, but one that the Jews stood by clearly and closely according to the rabbinic law. Jesus seemed to say to the man, hey, I'm gonna show you something in this first touch that your traditions and your customs will not fix. But when you're not completely healed by your traditions, spittle in his eyes, I will still be here with my power and glory to finish you off. Because he's not gonna go away until you have the enough touch. A man walked in to a one-hour martinizing cleaner and he said, I want this shirt done in an hour. And the lady said, sir, we don't do one-hour cleaning here. He said, the sign says you do. She said, that's just a sign. In actuality, we're not capable of doing that. I don't want to hang our shingle on the wall and say we believe in the miraculous in this house. We believe in God healing in this house. We believe that God can deliver in this house. We believe that God can set the captive free in this house. We believe that God can raise up people that are dying in this house. We believe that God can do anything to help us in this house. And in actuality, not be able to see that. If we're gonna advertise it, come on somebody, we might as well wait for the enough touch because God has enough of anything we need to help anybody in this house. Can somebody say amen to that? 
Pastor Brad, you moved me Sunday with the gaining ground sermon. You moved me Sunday, son. You moved me. And I want to follow up with that and say, I've got a Savior I'm preaching about tonight that will stand right here beside you if you'll get honest enough with him and you'll say, Jesus, you know, I feel a little help with my drug problem, but I don't feel clean yet. He'll say, I got something for you and he'll touch you again. He'll touch you again. And if that doesn't work, he'll touch you again because he does not want you to go through life maimed and halt and withering and knowing that he can do for you what only he can do for you. It's time to get away from tradition. It's time to get away from all the stuff that the world has said is not happening. We still have a savior that can heal. Yes, we do. Hallelujah. There were seven men in the book of Acts called the sons of Sceva. And they tried to exercise a demon one day in the name of the Jesus that Paul preached. And the demon, this is a funny story to me. The demon came out of that man and tore them up. <laughs> they had no clothes left. They ran away just naked. He wore them out. One against seven. It's amazing that Jesus told a parable about if a spirit's cast out and goes out and he's going to bring seven more deadly than him and more powerful than him. In other words, if you can't defeat the one, he's going to bring seven. But it's amazing to know that seven men couldn't handle one spirit when one person should be able to handle seven spirits. So God is for us. And so the demon came out of the man and tore him up. The reason they tried to adjure the demon by the name of one that believed in casting out spirits, the apostle Paul. And the Lord is not a surrogate God. He's not a, he's not a grandfather. You've got to know him for yourself. Mark 16 said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe? In my name they shall cast out spirits. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And if a serpent, serpent latches on to them accidentally, they can shake it off. He said that 2,000 years ago. But that healer is still in this house tonight. Come on now. Pastor, you're wasting a pretty good thought on a Wednesday night. No, 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 I'm not. This is what God told me to talk to you about tonight. And I want to tell you, we're early in 2022. Today is 2-2-22. Did you know that? 2-2-22. Woo-woo, hallelujah. 2-2-22 today. And I want you to hear me on 2-2-22. That we believe that the Jesus that has healed in this house before is going to heal in this house this year. The Jesus that brought us through the pandemic is going to walk with us this year. The Jesus that we believed in when we were just young in the Lord is still the same God that he was then. Somebody help me preach right now because I feel that we need to understand we're not going back to Bethsaida. I, he said 2,000 years ago that I am the healer and he still is. I, I have gone to a couple of camp meetings in my life. In fact, I have preached a bunch. And uh, 
and, 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 and to preach and be preached to. And, I, and I, I love them. And I have a dear friend that had a man passing away in his church one night, just fell out dead on a Sunday night in the sanctuary. And paramedics came and they had prayed for him and nothing had happened, but paramedics came and <clears throat> they pronounced him dead. And so when they, when they pronounced him dead, while they was getting him on the, on the gurney to put, him in the, to put him in the ambulance to take him to the morgue, he rose up <laughs> and walked out of church. And he got in the ambulance by himself, strapped himself in, went to the hospital, spent the night, and the doctor said the heart attack he had should have killed him. And the man said, it did. I was dead. But God raised me up. Now, why do I tell that story? I tell that story because you need to hear that for your faith. Because we can get away from that kind of preaching and teaching and not believe that that's possible in today's economy and church. But that Jesus that did that in that church in Montgomery, Texas is in this house right now. Is in this house right now. That healer, the healer is here. Later I went to a Louisiana for a camp and I heard a minister speak at that camp that was stricken with a heart attack in an airport in Australia. And he was dead for 30 minutes. They shocked him nine times, no sign of life. And then after 30 minutes, he started breathing on his own. And the pastor with him never stopped praying for him. Even though it was in an airport, he was praying. God seemed to speak to me and say, I'm going to restore the sight of the ministry so that the ministry can restore the sight of the church. And I, I want my eyes to be wide open tonight and preach to you something right now. I want my eyes to be wide open. God has done too much for me for me to doubt he can do anything for us now. Amen. Do you remember the man I said that came to our house when we had a small, small church in West Texas and he prayed for me at two o'clock in the morning and God healed me. You remember that story? That man was preaching in a pulpit one day and fell over dead and they pronounced him dead and was carrying him out and he woke up and said, I hadn't finished my sermon yet. I got to go finish my message. That's what I was raised with. Now, I, I know that sounds weird and outside the lines, but that's the reason the man sat by my bed until two o'clock in the morning because he said, if God can raise me up, he can heal this boy's spleen. And God did it. So what I'm trying to tell you folks is we need to turn our thinking cap around and get a hold of the fact that the God I'm preaching about is still alive as he ever was and he's in this house tonight and I'm not trying to preach to your emotion, I'm trying to tell you that the healer is still here right now with the enough touch. God wants to heal, it's in his atonement. He desires to work miracles among us. We must believe that he shows up for more than just to bless us. He desires to touch us again and again. There are people in this house, young people, older people, folks in their middle age, that need a miraculous touch from God in their life. There are children that need healing. There are young people that need a touch from God. There are people that are older that need that revelatory touch that says, you know what, this is a God thing. And there's no reason us facing eternity and facing the end time not believing that God can and that God will. 
There's no sense in us going into that trap. We have a God. We have a God, and I know I'm repeating myself again and again. I meant to do that tonight. I want to drive it home. I want to broadside you. I want to keep hitting you. There is a God that can do anything. He can do anything. The leper said, if you, if you will, you can make me whole. He said, I will be thou made whole. Here's what I want to tell you. God Almighty has an enough touch for us right here in this house. And so when you walk in the doors on Sunday, when you come in here on Wednesday night, don't walk in here like it's tradition. Walk in here like it's expecting something fabulous from God. Because I promise you, God still does Wednesday nights. God still does Wednesday nights. Clap your hands real big. He desires to touch us again and again until our eyes are open to his miraculous. Notice what Jesus did for the blind man in Mark 8. He sent him to his own house. He sent him to his own house, not back to Bethsaida. He sent him home. Once God heals you and opens your eyes to his miraculous power, refuse to go back to the Bethsaida experience again. Don't ever go back into doubt. Don't ever go back into negativity. Don't ever go back into something that you got healed from. Because that's a lot. You know, you know what, folks? <laughs> you, you remember the story of Jacob and Laban? You remember that story? Laban was trying to cheat Jacob, and you can't cheat a cheater. <laughs> Jacob knew how to cheat, too. And he said, I need some cows. I need some, I need some animals to take with me. He was leaving Laban and going to take Laban's daughters with him. And he said, okay, you can take ever straight and ever spotted cow and, and calf. And so you know what Jacob does? He goes out and gets a stick and he, he strikes it and he, he, he puts dots on it and he holds it up in front of the mama cow. This is true. And when that mama cow gives birth, she gives birth to spotted cows and straight cows. <laughs> because here's the thesis of it. What you see is what you're going to be. If you see miracles in this house, you will be the miracle. If you see just a straight stick and a spotted stick, that's all you're going to see. But if you see miracles... You're going, to, you're going to believe in miracles. You're going to see miracles. What are you seeing? Do you have the touch that opens your eyes to see that God has a miraculous year waiting for us at Christian Life Austin? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I got I to gotta quit. Several years ago, I went to Marshall on a Sunday night to preach. Many of you remember this. I drove five hours to minister, walked out of the car into the pulpits, got there just on time. People asked me why I did those things to my body. Maybe the reason was in the crowd. There were 50 people there that night and I preached like it was a conference. I felt like preaching on the miraculous. And I noticed a lady worshiping on her knees down front after the service was over. And the pastor asked me to go over and pray a blessing on her, not pray for her, but a blessing on her. And when I went, I was blessed. I trust she was. She had had a tumor, a brain tumor, the size of a man's fist in her head, blastoma. 
she had been operated on, the doctor had given her no chance. And he placed a metal plate in her head. And when she went to church, they had prayer. She went back to the doctor and the doctor was stunned. The brain had filled up the cavity where the tumor had been. Just like that. And the metal plate was gone. The doctor couldn't find it. She had validated papers. And the healer, the reason I was blessed that night, because when I laid my hand on her head, I felt a head. I didn't feel a cancer. I didn't feel a metal plate. I felt a head. And then the pastor told me the story. And you know what, folks? That miracle in Marshall, Texas, several years ago in 50 people told me that there is nothing that my God cannot do. Nothing. He has the enough touch. The healer is in the house. Israel was led out of Egypt, had killed a lamb and sprinkled the blood. Psalms 105 said there was not one feeble person among their tribes, not one sick, not one damaged, not one hurting person. Healing was in the atonement. It was part of the package. When in the wilderness, Israel was bitten by fiery serpents in Numbers 21. And they asked the Lord to take the serpents away. And God told Moses to lift up a brazen serpent on a pole. And those that looked upon it would be healed and they would be saved. See, you can't take the sickness away because we live in a cursed world. But God can come with a healing touch for his people. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I love doctors. Doctors are dear to me. But folks, there is a great physician that can do things for you that medical doctors cannot do for you. And I want you to never lose faith in him. If you have faith in that doctor you go to on your PPO or whatever, on your insurance, don't ever lose faith in the God that can do anything and everything for you. I want to set a stage here on this Wednesday night when there's barren seats and there's people not here tonight. But I want, to, I want to preach my heart out to you tonight that God is able to give us of the kingdom this year in this house. John 3 said that as Moses lifted up the brazen serpent, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. Don't tell me that a four-footed lamb in Egypt and a serpent in the wilderness can outdo the Lamb of God. The healer is still in the house. I gotta close, it's time to close. I'm not finished, but I'm gonna close. I read something recently that bothered me. New Age philosophy is with us. The focus is on the God in us. Poll is, was conducted that showed people who consider themselves Christian are practicing a lot of New Age ideas. Half of all Americans say they believe in extrasensory perception, ESP. 30% of Catholics and 22% of Protestants, Protestants say they believe in clairvoyance. 48% of Catholics and 44% of Protestants say they believe in psychic healing. 25% of both groups believe the movement of the stars may help govern the affairs of men and women. I believe in a birth at Bethlehem. I believe in a hill called Calvary. The atonement of the blood, the healing of the body, the mind, the soul, and the spirit. He sat down. He was the first one that ever sat down, meaning he has done it all. Nothing else he can do for us. We must believe that the healer is still 
in the house. Paul, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh, pastor? I have one of those and God just will not seem to heal me. I will declare to you that Paul's thorn was not physical. It was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. It was spiritual. My friend that I had and still have built a new church one day and he prayed because he wasn't seeing what he needed to see. He prayed that God could, could have it all and he would go into a tent. He said, God, you can have everything I've built. I'll go into a tent trying to earn the benefits of God. God said, you can have the building. You built it, you can have it. You built it in my name. But he said, son, I have paid the price. You're not required to. Just believe what I have done. You can't earn it, believe it. We had a young man several years ago in this church, 16 years old. My wife and I remember him, was diagnosed with cancer in his leg. They operated on his leg and it looked bad. We prayed for him one Sunday morning, never forget it. He went back and the doctor said, there is no cancer. What God is telling us, I don't want your buildings, I just want your faith. I just want your faith. The enough touch is walking with us here tonight. Paul said the kingdom is not word, but it is power. Paul also said, don't claim to be believing the apostles' doctrine if there's not signs and wonders and mighty deeds because God shows up and does his work actively. So here's what I'm trying to preach tonight. Here's what I'm trying to say in closing. Jesus wants this place to have a mighty move of the miraculous this year. Seeing people of all kinds be saved, seeing people of all kinds be baptized. And so he said this, start casting your bread on the water. Just start casting it, saying, Lord, I believe that this is gonna happen in my family. And as you cast that bread on the water, get ready because the tide's gonna come in. And that water, that bread's gonna come back to you. I believe with all my heart, it will come back after many days. What you preach is what you will receive. I, I have a friend in a like faith church and in that church, a lady was born with one kidney. They had prayer. She went to the doctor. <laughs> there were two kidneys. The bad one healed and the new one that was in its rightful place. The healer is still in the house. Get it today, Martha. Get it, get it today. Jesus can heal your Lazarus. And if he doesn't get here to do that, he can raise your Lazarus up from the dead because he can give you the enough touch. I hope your eyes are open tonight. I hope you see that we're not living in a make-believe world. We're living in a real world. But we have a great physician that can handle real-world problems. And he is with us. He is with us. I promise you, things may not get easier on the church in the last day, but God's going to get better for his church every day in the last day. Stand to your feet all over the house. He's not a yesterday God only, not a tomorrow God only. He's a today God, a right now redeemer, a present day healer. Here's what I'm asking you to do tonight. Don't go back to Bethsaida. Don't go back to doubt and fear and negativism. Walk forward. Come on, open your eyes. Open your eyes and see that God has something for you. Pastor Brad opened up a huge thing in my spirit last Sunday. He opened up a huge thing in my spirit last Sunday. 
gaining ground. And I feel like that we're moving forward here tonight. I, uh, I've never been ashamed to preach about the power of God. Never been ashamed. And I've never, I've never been embarrassed to preach about it because I have seen things happen in my life. I've seen things happen in my ministry. And many times I talk about other people's ministry, but I've seen things happen in my own ministry that if I told it, you'd say, well, pastor might have lied a little bit that, tonight. Maybe he told a parable or something. I don't know. But let me tell you something. God does it right. God does it real. And God does it finally because there's nobody like our God. Come on, lift your hands. Receive the word tonight. Come on, receive the word. Receive the word tonight. Receive the word tonight. Receive the word tonight. Hallelujah. 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 I love to hear Pastor Joel Osteen. I love him. I love to hear him talk about his mother's healing. His mother was pronounced with cancer, incurable cancer. That's about 30 years ago. <laughs> She's still there. Amen. She's still there. She's supposed to die in six months. She's still there. You see, you got to get your eyes open. You got to understand that God, God can do the impossible right now. We have prayed. We have sought God. Let's just open our eyes and let's believe. The miracle is right here. Come on, say it with me. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe that you're going to heal my family. You're going to touch my job. You're going to bless my marriage. You're going to bless our home. You're going to bless our future. You're going to forgive our past. And you're going to give us a present. That's unbelievable. Amen. Do you believe that? I love you very much. Take out your communion tonight. We're going to receive communion. We're going to receive communion tonight. Amen. I feel so good tonight preaching to you guys. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Y'all are so brave. <laughs> Y'all are so brave to come out tonight and be here. And uh, it, it's, it's, like, it's like being in Alaska, you know, when, uh, when you have to have a dog sled or something to get to where you want to go and you don't know how to get there on a dog sled. Well, Texas is not used to this kind of stuff until last year. And now this year, we're, we look like we're going into it again tomorrow. But I'm gonna pray that you get home safe. I'm gonna pray that all things work together for good. I'm gonna pray your job is gonna still be there when this is all melts away. Now go home and wrap your pipes. Wrap your pipes. Don't say, God, stop the freeze at my house. No, no. <laughs> do what you're supposed to do. Lift up your bread tonight. Lift up your bread. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I, see I see you for who the pastor preached about tonight. You are the healer. You are the healer and you heal people and you touch people. And I receive your bread of your broken body into my life tonight. So receive the bread right now in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And now take your fruit of the vine here and let's open it up. Let's open it up. <laughs> Woo-wee. This feels good. This feels good. Raise it up and say, Jesus, it's by your shed blood that I am healed. 
the stripes on your back purchased my healing. And I receive it tonight in the name of the Lord. And I'm not going back to Bethsaida. I will stay positive. I will stay affirmative. I will stay strong. <laughs> and I believe in you. Receive it tonight in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feel good? Now, I know it's 836. I know that. And uh, it's the music's fault. I always blame that. But it's my fault tonight. I went longer than I, I thought I would. But let, let, let me share something with you. Kids don't have to go to school tomorrow. And so hang around a while and visit because it's going to be Sunday before we get back together. Don't run out of here. Lift your hands all over the house. Dear Father, thank you for this beautiful congregation tonight. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your kindness. We love you with everything that's in us. Everything that's a part of you, we love. Anything that you do for us, we grab it and we hold on to it because there's nobody like you. You are the healer. And God, we're not going back to negativism. We're not going back to doubt and fear and anxiety. We're gonna walk in your, in your favor. We're gonna walk in your glory. We're gonna walk in your word. And we receive what you have for us tonight. I receive the word, say it. I receive the word into my heart. I receive the word into my spirit. I receive the word into my present day in the name of the Lord. Bless us tonight and bring us back Sunday in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.